Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob has written dozens of books with titles like The Red Sea Rules, Then Sings My Soul, and Reclaiming the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Recently, Rob began a video teaching series entitled The 50 Final Events in World History, The Book of Revelation Demystified. You can use this self-paced video study for individual or group use. It includes downloadable visual aids for personal reference or for Bible teachers who want to teach this material to others. Visit robertjmorgan.com courses and use the coupon code podcast at checkout for a special listener's discount. And now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Good morning or good evening to you whenever you're listening to this. Uh, This is Robert Morgan, and I'm still away from my office and using my portable microphone, but it seems to be working all right. Um, I've been with my sister and her husband on vacation. It's kind of hard to know how to have a vacation without Katrina being with me. I'm adjusting to all of that, but today I was able to take a long walk on the beach and think and pray and meditate, and sometimes when you can think through things like that, then you come to a better place of mind. In the mornings here, I've been going down to a table by the pool and studying the book of Acts, and today we're coming to chapter 2, verse 14. Now, this to me has just been a fascinating study, and I want to uh, go over Peter's sermon with you on the day of Pentecost. Let's review very briefly. In chapter 1 of the book of Acts, Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection with the disciples, and then he levitated back to heaven, and 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit descended on the 120 followers who were in the upper room. And there were some phenomena associated with that because it was the initiation of a new age. It was the age of the church, the age of the gospel, the age of preaching, the age of grace. And so this created quite a commotion in Jerusalem on that morning at nine o'clock in the morning when the sound of the violent wind came and tongues of fire spread through the crowd and uh, people began These believers began speaking the gospel in the various languages of the people who had assembled on Pentecost from all over the world in Jerusalem. And so people ran together to see what was happening. And it says in verse 12, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Now the crowd that day asked two questions, and this is the first one, what does this mean? Later on, they're going to ask the second question, Brothers, what shall we do? And that's down in verse number um, 37. If you have your Bibles, just open it up and we'll go through this together. But let's begin here with uh, verse number 12. It says, Amazed and perplexed, the crowd asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews... And all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It is only nine in the morning. No, this was what was spoken by the prophet Joel. Now, the prophet Joel is a man who prophesied during a locust invasion. 
and Israel was being devastated by the locusts. The economy was being ruined, and the locust invasion uh, also, I think, portended or predicted the um, uh, time of tribulation at the end of history before the Lord will come, and there were some eschatological elements to it. And in the middle of his uh, book, actually in chapter 2 of Joel, verses 28 through 32, he broke out into this particular passage that Peter is going to use now. As I've read it, I've wondered, how did Peter know to turn here to the book of Joel and to chapter number 2? Why is it that on this day of Pentecost, he immediately went to Joel chapter 2? How did he know to do that? And I think the answer must be because Jesus explained all of this during the 40 days and prepared the disciples and said, now, here's what's going to happen. The day of Pentecost is going to come, and it's going to be in fulfillment of Joel chapter 2. So I don't think Peter just thought this up on his own. I don't think it was necessarily given to him in a vision or a dream. I think Jesus just pointed this passage out to Peter during the 40 days in between the resurrection and the ascension, and Peter was ready, and he knew to go to Joel chapter 2. Now, let's read this together, and then I want to deal with it. It's a fascinating thing. So Peter said, No, this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit in these days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of that great and glorious day of the Lord, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, this is a very significant passage, and it tells us three things here about the last days. I know if you're like me, you're wondering if we are living in the last days, and I can answer that very definitively. The answer is yes, we are living in the last days. I don't know if we're living in the last hours of the last days. I do believe we're living in the last days of the last days. I'm not sure if we're living in the final hours and the final minutes of the last days. But according to this passage, the last days began with the day of Pentecost. God has a calendar for a prophetic calendar for all of human history. And there was a time before Abraham when he dealt with all of the nations uh, in mass uh, in Genesis chapter 1 through 11. And then he called Abraham and he dealt uh, with the world through the Jewish empire, through the Jewish kingdom in the Old Testament. And then we have the age of the gospel when Jesus came. There are these different epochs or different ages in which God works. But now we're coming to the last great epic or age, or you may want to use the word dispensation, and it's called the last days, and it began on the day of Pentecost, the last great period of time before the end, before Jesus comes again, is called the last days, and it begins with the descent of the Spirit, chapter 2 and verse 17 again, in the last days God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
So with that, we are told that of Pentecost marked the inauguration of the era of time known as the last days. Now, there are other passages that tell us this as well. So if you'll look at Hebrews with me for just a moment, the book of Hebrews in chapter 1, I'm reading a book right now that presents the thesis that Luke, the writer of the book of Acts, was also the writer of the book of Hebrews. And part of the reason is because of the elegant preambles that we have in the Gospel of Luke, the book of Acts, and the book of Hebrews. So it could be that here the same writer is speaking to us. I'm not dogmatic about the author of Hebrews, but it's interesting to think that it might have been Luke. So in Hebrews chapter 1, it begins, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days. He has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. So he says the times we are living in now are these last days. Now Peter also refers to the days in which we are living as the last days in Second Peter and chapter 3. This is the same man who is preaching on the day of Pentecost. And that was really his great inaugural sermon um, in the um, age of the church. Uh, and his last words are in chapter 3 when he says um, in verse 3, Above all, you must understand that in the last days scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our ancestors died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. In other words, people are going to say, Well, why doesn't Jesus come again? And Peter says that the days leading up to the second coming of Christ, when there is skepticism, these are also a part of that period of time known as the last days. And Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, in the last days perilous times will come. But I want to show you one other passage from the writings of Paul. So turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 11. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 11. He says about the Old Testament events, these things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings to us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. We are the people on whom the culmination of the ages has come. Everything that God did in Genesis 1-11 through was leading to what he would do in Genesis chapter 12 when he called Abraham. And then out of Abraham came the patriarchs and the tribes and the nation of Israel. And out of that eventually came the Messiah who was born in the Gospels. And after 33 years of life, Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. He ascended the Father. And then he poured out the Spirit on us on whom the culmination of the ages has fallen. So it's no wonder we're living in very dangerous and difficult days. It's no wonder the world is as unhealthy and as frightening as it is. We are living in the last days. They started at the day of Pentecost. And he says, going back to the book of Acts in chapter 2 and verse 17, 
In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. They will preach. Everyone will be an evangelist. Everyone will be a preacher of the gospel. Everyone will go with the message of God. It's not just going to be the priests like it was in Judaism who served around the temple. It's not just going to be prophets like Elijah and Elisha. It's going to be everybody is going to be a messenger. And your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And so it was that in the New Testament days, they were given revelations that finished out the progress of what God wanted to say in the Bible. And since then, in a non-revelatory way, we have dreams and visions about reaching the world for Christ. He goes on to say in verse 18, even on my servants, both men and women, women are going to be as active as men in these last days for serving Christ. I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will preach. So we have in verses 17 and 18 the initiation, the inauguration of the last days. Now, when will these last days end? Well, verse 19 says, I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And this is clearly a reference to the second coming of Christ. Jesus said that when he comes again, it will be lightning flashing from the east to the west, and there will be strange signs in the heavens. The stars will fall, the sun will turn to blood, and so forth and so on. And we also have this in the book of Revelation as being a characteristic of the return of Christ. So Peter here is saying, I want to tell you what's happening. If you want to know what's happening, here is what is happening. The last days, the culmination of the age has now inaugurated. It has come upon us, and it will only be concluded when Jesus, who we just saw go to heaven 10 days ago, when he comes again. The last days, therefore, represent God's great age of grace, the age between the descent of the Holy Spirit and the second coming of Jesus Christ. So in verses 17 and 18, we have the inauguration of the, of the last days. In verses 19 and 20, we have the conclusion of the last days. And then in verse 21, we have the purpose of the last days. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The purpose of the last days is to take the gospel to the world with evangelistic fervor and for the saving of the nations. This one passage of Joel's uh, and Joel's preaching pointing towards times yet to be is so enriching. And Peter here quotes it, and I think Jesus gave it to him, and he tells us, the conclusion, the, the beginning of the last days when the Holy Spirit is poured out. That's the day of Pentecost. The conclusion of the last days when the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood and the great and glorious day of the Lord will come. And the purpose of the last days that in between those two events, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is why we are living as we are today, with uncertainty in the world around us, with the world in peril, with weapons of mass destruction 
popping up everywhere with rogue nations, with plagues that could wipe out entire populations, with the rise of this powerful empire in China that seemed so aggressive with the reconstituting, it would almost seem, of the Soviet Union and Russia, with all of the political division and turmoil we have in the United States, with the atheistic secularism that is sweeping over the Western world, with the persecution of Christians on every side, and with violence in the world, with warfare and tribal regions of genocide occurring in parts of Asia and Africa. How do you explain it all? Well, these are the last days. They began on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down and indwelled the 120 believers and baptized the church, and now the family of God exists on this planet, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, to take the gospel to everyone in the world. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, we are to be sent out as witnesses. That is the one great thing we're to do. We're not to get caught up in our lifestyles. We're not to be entertained all day long. We're not to be so riled up with political divisions that we forget our spiritual significance. We are to be witnesses of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're to share the gospel and we are to support financially those who are going to the ends of the earth. We're to be behind those ministries we believe in and we're to be building up our local churches and being involved in them and doing everything we can to represent Christ in the world in these last days. And then we are to be looking forward to what lies ahead because there is coming a day when Jesus is going to come again and the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood and the great and glorious day of the Lord will come and that will be the consummation, the conclusion of the last days and the purpose, the great commission of the last days is that we are to go out with the gospel and everyone. Now, Peter didn't really fully understand this yet. Not until Caesarea in chapter 10 did he realize that this was referring to Jew and Gentile, to slave and free, to man and woman. But everyone, every single person in the world who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we have the initiation of the last days, the conclusion of the last days, and the purpose of the last days. And I think all of this is just from that quotation from Joel. I'm not going to go further today into Peter's sermon. I'd intended to, but I'm just so overwhelmed that I think the beginning of this message on the day of Pentecost will suffice for what I want us to look at, because it really does give us three uh, tremendous helps, three applications to us. It gives us, first of all, a clear vision for why things are the way they are in our world today. Remember, what Paul said in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, In these last days you must know this, don't forget this, that perilous times will come. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, and not the lovers of good, but treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. These, this is the way that he describes the last days. So when we see all of this happening around us, we're not taken by surprise. We say, well, after all, we're living in the last days of the last days. This is the way the world is, and it gives us clear vision, but it also gives us prophetic optimism. 
I've been using that word to describe myself, or that phrase to describe myself recently, as I've seen the deterioration of politics in our nation. It can be very discouraging unless you know what the Bible says about the plan and the economy and the unfolding dispensations and ages of God in this world. And I'm looking forward to the things yet to come and to the rapture of the church and to the unfolding of the events in the book of Revelation. I have a course about this called The 50 Final Events in World History, Demystifying the Book of Revelation, that you can find on my website. But all of it leaves us as prophetic optimists. Don't be too discouraged by the politics around you. The Lord has everything under control. He is coming again. History is unfolding at the speed of His will and His providence, and He's going to make everything right. We can be prophetic optimists. But in addition to giving us clear vision and prophetic optimism, this should truly give us evangelistic zeal. From my window here at the beach, I can look out and I can see all of the people at the pool and on the beach that have come here to have a good time. And I saw a young man today, and he had a tattoo of a fish, the Christian symbol. And I didn't want to be too personal, and so I didn't ask him about it. But I thought, there is a young man. I believe he was probably 15 years old. Maybe he's a Christian. I can't look at that group of people and tell by spiritual x-ray vision who is a Christian and who isn't. But somehow I wish I could stand on my balcony and just say, ladies and gentlemen, can I have a moment of your time? And I want to share with you the most important message in the world. Well, we can't always stand on our balcony and do it. But every day there are ways for us through the way that we live, the way we may bow our heads and pray in restaurants, the kindness that we exercise, the verbal witness that we can share, the way we give out literature, sometimes the way we can talk to a salesman who calls us on the phone and graciously turn the tables and ask them if they know the Lord, the way we support missionaries, the way that we fund uh, these great ministries that are going to the ends of the earth. I've got a number of them that I support. And by the way that we are involved in our local churches, the way we raise our children and share the gospel and train our grandchildren in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, that is to what we are to be about in these days, evangelistic zeal. So let me just end today by reading this passage one more time. The book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 14 and following. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And now he's going to quote from Joel 2, 28 through 32, an eschatological passage having to do with the last great dispensation in world history. He's going to say it's inaugurated today on the day of Pentecost. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy and your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit on them in these days and they will preach. And then he goes on to say that the last days will conclude with this. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, 
blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And the purpose of these last days, verse 21, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I hope that you're as intrigued with the way that Peter began his sermon on the day of Pentecost as I am. I can't get it out of my mind and to think that you and I are living in the last days. We are people on whom the culmination of the ages has fallen. Every morning it makes me pray, Maranatha, O Lord, come quickly. Well, next time we'll pick up our study with verse 22 of the second chapter of the book of Acts. I hope these are encouraging to you. And um, please visit my website for more information as well as some of the courses that we're offering. This podcast is produced by Joshua Rowe and Clearly Media. It's edited by Elijah Rowe and Jordan Davis provided the music. For more information, You can also go to my social media, especially Facebook and uh, Instagram. Please check out there my one-minute sermons every single day and share them with others. Thank you so much for listening, and may God be with you until we meet.